This podcast is not for the easily offended, victimhood enthusiasts, or those who take themselves too seriously, namely cyclists, conspiracy theorists, personal trainers, and other fanatics. Your Hobby is Shit is a nerd-free environment which strongly discourages dickheads from listening. Authorised by Sean Woodland for Your Hobby is Shit. Since day dot, humans have invented, inadvertently stumbled across, or tried to discover passions and stuff they're good at by having a go at hobbies. We might use them for pleasure, health, fitness, to combat loneliness, or to distract us from reality, all in the hope we can find meaning in our lives. Hobbies can be bizarre, addictive, psychologically revealing, and sometimes even beyond ridiculous. But, whatever your hobby, chances are, it's at the very least, a little bit shit. So listen in and prepare for your hobby to be exposed. I'm Sean Woodland, host of Your Hobby Is Shit. You're listening to episode 53 of Your Hobby Is Shit. Uh, The Miso and I, I'm sure you're interested to know, we ended up at the pub for dinner last week on our night off. Had a good feed, a few liquid refreshments and a win on the dish liquors. Only downer for the night was dropping my vape into the shitter. Don't worry, I was tempted, uh, but I let it stay in there. I contacted a mate who I contact for advice in such situations, and he said, you'd only get it out if you dropped it into your own toilet. And whilst I didn't really understand the logic, uh, it was good enough for me. Hoping we get to go out together again before too long, particularly if Lou continues her good form betting on the dish lickers. That annual event where people struggling with status anxiety and their place in the world get to pretend they're special by dressing up, drinking pims and rosé while watching petulant, spoiled little shits whack a ball around has finished for another year. And Australia's Nick Kyrgios had a big couple of weeks making a Grand Slam final for the first time, being fined for having a few tantrums and also being charged by the police with the assault of a former girlfriend. He ended up losing the Wimbledon final to Serbia's leading epidemiologist, Novak Djokovic. Uh, Wasn't wasn't Kyrgios' fault though. Incredible, but it never is. A woman in the crowd put him off his game, he screamed at his own support team and argued with the umpires. Even the royal family were forced to cover their kids' ears which thankfully weren't as big as Prince Charles's. Uh, But what a rebel Kyrgios is. I'm not sure he cares if he ever wins a Grand Slam. Uh, He's just been himself. Some people like it, some don't. But he's got that rebellious streak about him, that's for sure. In direct opposition to the laws of Wimbledon, he wore a red hat to his press conference. Now, I've seen some anti-authoritarian conduct in my time. I've even called a former Australian Prime Minister a dickhead to his face. But wearing a red hat to a tennis press conference? Fuck me. What a demonstration of disobedience that is. Like Curios, I don't always agree with dress regulations where I go. Now, we used to go to the Bondi Bowling Club and the fuckwits in there would be telling us to take our hats off indoors. One of our mates would argue every time. Actually, he's probably still arguing with someone right now. Uh, Did I think that having to take your hat off in the 21st century was an outdated and ridiculous rule? Absolutely. I could walk into that joint, lose my house gambling, pickle my liver to within an inch of its life and chain smoke like Morty, 
as long as I'm not wearing a hat whilst I do it. Fucking madness. But it's their rules. Same as the people who have plastic covers on their lounges. I mightn't like it, but it's their fucking lounge in their fucking house. And if I don't like their fucking rules, I don't go back. There's plenty of places I don't go to because I don't like the rules or the people at the place. Like tennis, for example. I don't go there, but if I did and they said the rules here are that you have to pretend you're of a higher social standing than what you really are, that's what I'd do. If wearing a red hat is such an important priority for Nick Kyrgios, he could always not go to Wimbledon. Or he could really go to work on his activism and the rebellious streak in him and do what everyone else who wants to change the world does, start an online petition on Change.org. I've come round to quite liking how Kyrgios keeps baiting opponents, the crowd, the media and umpires. Uh, But when he spoke about himself in the third person (laughs) during the post-match press conference... That was the last straw for me. I can tell you this for nothing. Sean Woodland has never met a bloke in his life who speaks about himself in the third person that he's liked. I did like that Kyrgios was asked after the match if he needed to improve his composure, and he replied, I think the other 126 players in the draw could improve their composure. Fair point, but tennis, still shit. I was driving through Sydney's inner west last week, taking in the mindlessly graffitied walls, filthy streets and metrosexual hipster weaklings walking their rescue greyhounds, when out of the corner of my eye, I spotted a childishly colourful shop front with the words Crazy Hobbies emblazoned across the front. It makes sense that the premises is easy to spot from the roaders, otherwise you'd never know it existed unless you suffered a traumatic childhood. Uh, There are a few hobby shops in Sydney, all specialise in different things. There's a kite shop in South Coogee that I'm yet to see open. Hobby Co. in the iconic Queen Victoria building in the city is apparently the largest hobby shop in Australia. And it stocks everything from Gundam, Marvel and anime figures uh, to card games, model trains and animals. I'm just fucking beside myself reading the reviews, but I'm not sure if they're live animals. Still... Uh, Then there's the aforementioned Crazy Hobbies on Parramatta Road, perfectly located for men who are never fortunate enough to have a strong male role model in their lives. It specialises in cars, boats, helicopters, drones, planes, trains, slot cars, plastic models, electronics, equipment and toys. Crazy Hobbies are your RC experts. Well, (laughs) they're not mine because I had to Google what RC stands for, and I'm well out of the loop with the hobby vernacular, because RC is an abbreviation or an acronym for Remote Controlled or Radio Controlled. Duh me. Uh, What more could a fully grown man want in the one location? Ultimate Hobbies is located a little further west, and one entire world away in Parramatta, and you wouldn't believe it, it stocks exactly the same stuff that Crazy Hobbies does. How one differs between Crazy and Ultimate... I can't tell you. It's all perspective, I guess. Then there's extreme hobbies, and true to their name, they're a little more extreme, certainly in language. I looked at their website for 10 minutes, and very clearly it was created by an IT nerd who hasn't left the house, much less touched another human, probably for a decade. Yet, even with my strong perceptive skills, I was none the wiser as to what they actually sell. But if, like other hobbyists, you find it hard to get the right advice like, for example, what battery to buy, how to choose an ESC or motor for your model, what is the best plug to use for your amp drawer, how long can you extend your ESC wires, 
do I need a UBEC or RX battery? Uh, which surveys are required for my 250 kilometer an hour jet? Then Extreme Hobbies is going to be the place for you. Extreme Hobbies Australia is not to be mistaken for Extreme Hobbies New Zealand. They're a bit more chilled over there, bro. Uh, so Extreme Hobbies on the Shaky Isles trades in the same stuff that you'd find in Crazy Hobbies or Ultimate Hobbies here. Go figure. Fascinating stuff. And if you live on the northern side of the harbour, there's a novelty shop called Hart and Heim located in Chatswood. And it must be a beauty. Uh, this review captures what an amazing shop this must be. It reads, I love a good gift shop. I rarely buy anything, mind, but I always enjoy wandering around checking out the knickknacks. Hart and Heim definitely fits the bill. It's a sleek and shiny store with all its goodies well laid out for maximum perusing possibilities. If you're stuck for a birthday prezi or Christmas stocking stuffer, this is the place to visit. You can pick up a fun USB stick or cute Scrabble letter mug or any other number of fashionably modern bits and bobs that will put smiles on faces. It's also worth looking at Hartenheim's great online store. There's free shipping around Australia. So if you regret not picking up that novelty item in the Chatty Chase store, perhaps you can still grab it online. Magnificent, eh? What a tremendous review. First of all, there's a subtle hook. I rarely buy anything mind. Just come in and be a pain in the ass tire kicker like everyone else. Uh, and then it's initially product specific, isn't it? Like who doesn't want a gimmicky USB stick or... Then it goes to being deliberately broad, fashionable bits and bobs, which is the nicest way I've ever seen uh, someone say useless plastic shit. Uh, then they go on to demonstrate their inclusiveness, even catering for losers who don't live in Sydney. Uh, admit to desperation with the offer of free shipping and finish up with some local familiarity chatty chase. That review is so good, you could almost be mistaken for thinking that it was written by someone with official ties to the shop. But how sad would it be to go through life with such debilitating cynicism constantly impacting your faith in the credibility of your fellow man? Get to a hobby shop, folks. Fuck, they sound like tons of fun. School holidays, of course, which means I'm almost uh, insane. If, uh, if not, I probably will be by tomorrow. I've been trying to entertain the kids. Uh, I've had them at the inflatable thing at the pool a couple of times. I took my young bloke and his mate indoor rock climbing today. Fucking hell, there's some weirdos in there. Uh, but they were all right. And me being the fat bastard had to sit there and bloody, I don't know what's it called, pull them up with those ropes and make sure they didn't fall. Uh, but that was good fun. Good on them. They had, they had fun more than I did, that's for sure. Uh, but the uh, the Gosford Reptile Park, we went there on Saturday with my brother and his uh, family, three kids, and his miso. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I worked out, if, if I'm obese, I'd love to know what some of the people there were. Some of these people at the Gosford Reptile Park had tattoos that were heavier than me. Uh, my, my brother's always been into reptiles. Very strangely, it must be said, he kept snakes for a lot of years, and he's had a couple of near misses. And I remember once when he was at uni, he called me to say that he had a uh, carpet python that was actually constricting constricting on him at that very moment. I'm not sure why he was ringing me. I just said, stab it in the head with a pair of scissors. And uh, and could I have his car? 
But he uh, he went out with another mad bloke who's since deceased, who uh, saw get bitten by a black snake one day and he just had no fear. But uh, what it is that attracts people to these sort of hobbies, I don't know. But yeah, my brother, he knows more about snakes than, uh, well, he's forgotten more about snakes than Steve Irwin ever knew and never needed to carry on like a fuckwit on television either. Uh, But yeah, we went up there and... uh, it was good fun. They got alligators, and I mean, they've got kangaroos, which is weird for a reptile park. But the kids loved it, and that's all that matters. About two or three hours before I started losing my mind, and done. But it was good fun. Uh, and what would you do without a little brother? Unlike the miso, he listens uh, to this podcast with a keen interest. Uh, but like the miso, also quick to correct me. Apparently, if you weren't listening to last week's ep, I didn't hit a bee with a hammer. My brother and I were using two hammers and were trying to smash ants between them, not bees. And I didn't cry when I saw the blood spurting out of the back of my hand. I was, according to my little brother, uh, quite entertained by that. It was. I began to cry when I was told by my mum that I'd have to go to the hospital and get stitches. I stand corrected. Johnny, thanks for keeping me honest. A man is dead. Dead in the second skydiving accident to rock Victoria's surf coast in the space of a year. Jesus. Emergency services were called to Bremley Road uh, at Conwa at 10.30am on Sunday, where a 34-year-old skydiver had fallen from the sky. No shit. The man, who according to the Geelong advertiser was attempting a wingsuit jump, died at the scene. A second man who also landed in the same area was not injured. Perhaps his wingsuit worked. Uh, police said the accident came after a group of people had jumped from a plane near Torquay. The deceased man from Sydney in Melbourne's west was an experienced skydiver. He'd done over 300 jumps, this bloke. I don't give a fuck how many jumps you've done. If you connect with the earth after plunging from the sky at too great a speed, that's not compatible with life. Death is a certainty. Uh, This fellow was being coached uh, with another gentleman who landed in the paddock near him. And as I said, the second bloke was okay. He'd known the other skydiver for over 10 years. And the fuzz said they'll be looking at the situation, all aspects of it, in relation to his gear, the skydiving area, the company. And uh, hopefully within a short time, we'll have an answer why this occurred. I've got a fair idea why it occurred. Uh, Australian skydive, skydive chief instructor, Michael Tibbets described the man as a well-liked member of our community. Thank God he wasn't a cunt. Skydiving is a very tight-knit community for a lot of reasons. (laughs) And so we're very sad for our loss today. It's a traumatic experience for everybody. Skydiving does have inherent risks. We do our best to manage those and mitigate. Uh, The Australian Parachute Federation is investigating the cause of the incident. And last July, skydiving instructor Aaron Topfer died when his parachute malfunctioned during a tandem skydive in the same area. Now, that story is interesting for a couple of reasons. Firstly, Aaron spelt his name A-R-R-O-N and not A-A-R-O-N. The other point of interest was that when I first read that, I thought it sounds like the bloke he was strapped to, the tandem, lived. So I did my own research and it turns out he fucking did. How does that happen? Uh, I don't know, does he get head butter or snap his neck? I don't know, how does one live and one not? Uh, And you won't believe this, Aaron was also well liked. 
He was described as a thrill-seeker, but some argued he wasn't a risk-taker. I'm not sure what you need to do to qualify as a risk-taker, but I would have thought jumping out of a fucking plane might do the trick. Uh, Parachuting, shit hobby, never done it, can't see that I ever will. Uh, My wife, Lou, she's done it, and uh, won't climb a ladder, scared of heights, but jumped out of a fucking plane in Turkey or somewhere. Jesus Christ. Madness. Heard from an old footy mate who goes by the nickname Eskiblow this week. Uh, he's a great fella, got a really good sense of humour, known each other for a long time, and good mates, even though he, he loves tennis. Uh, but we also share a keen interest in bizarre hobbies. Uh, not sure I've come across one this weird, the one Eskiblow sent me this week. Oh, I thought either perineum sunning, you know, the one where you point your rusty sheriff's badge at the sun, or blokes marrying blow-up dolls was probably about as weird as things we're going to get on this fine podcast. That was until I saw what Esky Blow sent me. He sent me an article about a new craze called vabbing, and it involves a woman, well, you have to be careful these days, someone with a vagina, uh, dabbing their vaginal secretions on themselves uh, with the intention of this functioning as a perfume. Uh, some believe this is a surefire way to attract the opposite sex. Me, well, <laughs> I'm not so sure. I'd have thought it might be a way to repel the opposite sex. If I smelled a vagina on a woman's face, I'd probably assume she was a lesbian and just leave her be. Uh, likewise, if blokes were stupid enough to start rubbing jizz onto themselves and you encountered a bloke smelling as such, you'd probably just assume he'd recently gobbled a load and burped as you walked up to, <laughs> up to him. I'm not even certain of the veracity of these claims. There's no science to back them up. And uh, back in my day, the chicks I picked up, any vaginal scent would have been probably overwhelmed by the smell of bourbon and stale cigarettes anyway. The reality is we're talking about men here too. Women trying to attract men, let's remember. A woman could probably rub a dead corpse on herself and most blokes would be like, Ah, fuck it, she's not a bad sort. (laughs) I'll just hold my nose. Vabbing. I don't know about that one. I'd give it a wide berth. A short, sharp episode for you this week, people. Brought to you from the home of obesity here at your hobby, Shit Central. I hope it's been to your liking. I'm as busy as a one-legged man in a bottom-kicking contest this week. Trying to occupy the kids. We're off to Canberra. On the weekend, I'm going to take the kids to see snow for the very first time, and I, I, my sincere hope is that they hate it as much as I do. <laughs> Never want to go again. My son asked if I'd take him skiing, and I said, "You can ski when you're old enough and use your own money, because I'm not paying for that." Uh, but I'll hit him in the head with some uh, snowballs, and that'll be a lot of fun. Got a couple of footy functions on. Um, a good mate, Waddler. Uh, the one who had the room named after him at our footy club. I'm getting to enjoy uh, the hospitality there on Friday night. And then Sunday, I get to toss the coin, one of the great honours of my life, and speak to the players before the game. Fucked if I know what they're going to learn from me, but I'll uh, I'll try and say something serious, and then I'll get on the cans with big nuts if it's not too cold, which it will be in Canberra. But I'll manage. Um, what else have we got? No gigs. First weekend off in months for me, and then back into it next week. And 
kids go back to school, so I'll have a bit more time for the podcast. And uh, but you got to remember, uh, your hobby is shit. And remember, of course, to listen to Mad Dogs. Mikko has prepared a wonderful episode this week about Lemmy, uh, the guy from Motorhead. Even if you're not into heavy metal, this guy, fuck, he had a crack, this bloke. And a uh, very funny episode, so get on board for that. All that remains now is for the outtakes for the you special individuals. See you later. Thanks for lending me your ears for another episode. All going well, I'll be back next week with current news and some harsh but fair critiques of more shit hobbies. You know where to find the podcast. Please subscribe to and share it, or don't. I'll be okay. You can find Your Hobby Is Shit on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Your feedback, suggestions and abuse are all greatly appreciated. And if you're, for example, the manufacturer of a great beer like, say, the Immortal Pale Ale, and you're looking to sponsor an enlightening podcast, I'm open to offers. Thanks again. I'm Sean Woodland, the host, writer, producer, editor and complaints handler at Your Hobby Is Shit. You won't hear much better than that this week. Good sounds, wetness, family talking in the background. Oh, I'm a credit to my family. <laughs>